Welcome to the Final Score Network and the Final Score Podcast, presented by Team Anders Realtors. I'm Andy. He's former D3 student athlete and co-host... Ryan! Cam! Two-man monster flush! Off the inbound! Ryan Cam Slam Jam! Find us on Podbean, the Apple Podcast Store, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at TheFinalScore35. There is always plenty to run through, but before we get to it, a word from our presenting sponsor. Team Anders' goal is to serve its clients in finding the home that best fits their needs and make the process simple and fun along the way. They are a team of people who will be in close communication personally taking care of your real estate needs through technology, marketing, and advertising. Team Anders has served thousands of clients over 30-plus years in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, and are here to serve you today. Learn more at teamanders.com. And we're off. Another week, another podcast. Day later, just so uh, Ryan could get back and forth from a little job interview in the Detroit area. Um, kind of, you know, usually in the intro, I'll, I'll give kind of like a, Hey, what's what to things that we're not going to talk about. Maybe a preview of things that I want to talk about. And this could also be podium worthy, but I just wanted to do an RIP AP Adrian Payne, um, Michigan state. Great. You know, never quite probably amounted to what he wanted to be in the NBA, but was always, you know, just a special player at Michigan state was on some final four teams. Um, we've always tried to kind of find a replacement to him somebody as versatile as him who had a great mid-range jumper who could attack the rim with his length and size and shot blocking uh tragically shot dead in florida clearly to me um you know i'm not there judge and jury but first degree murder you know girlfriend called in to to do a you know to help her mediate a domestic dispute be, between a couple that fights all the time. The guy claimed one thing, trying to set an alibi, obviously. Um, you know, senselessly goes in, gets a gun, shoots an unarmed Adrian Payne, who we find out today dies there, basically in his mom and his girlfriend's arms. I mean, just tragic, senseless, absolute nonsense. WTF is wrong with people in America these days. I just don't get it. Um, so I wanted to give a little tip of the hat to AP for all he did as a Spartan, Spartan forever. And I also wanted to shame ESPN because, again, just like with Haskins, in the first reports, they had to throw in there that he had been cut from the Orlando Magic because ESPN reported that he was a subject of a sexual abuse case when he was at Michigan State. Um, never founded, never true, but yet he got blacklisted from the NBA, which is total horse shit. So screw you, ESPN, RIP, AP. Let's move to the lectern. Ryan, podium's yours. Yeah, um, very sad topic to start with, but um, yeah, terrible RIP. He's the reason why I started wearing number five um, when I was in the beginning of high school. So yeah, not not, not a great day um, the last couple days for that. But uh, I'll stick with a topic that's kind of, and it's not sad, but it's not great either. Detroit, we deserve better from our from our teams. Our fans do, the fans do. It's getting out of control. We said, I think I don't remember we talked about this. Probably fall about you know the trajectory of the Detroit sports, organi- you know the organizations and where they're going. What teams are the first ahead? Um, you know we said the Tigers were the closest. 
and they are one of the worst teams in baseball right now. And there's already articles out there saying, what can they do next year to be better? 30 games into the season, there are people are already giving up. This is ridiculous. This is why we suck. I remember 1984 when they started 35-5. and five. This is why they suck. This is why every Detroit team sucks. They get down, and then the fans get down, and it, everyone just it, – the life is sucked right out of it, and the players don't give a crap. It's it's blatant. It's the, It was the, that way in basketball this year. The Pistons are going to have a top three pick in the draft. The Red Wings are horrible. They fired their coach. The Lions are always terrible, and the Tigers have been terrible since 2014. We talked about this. We need something. Detroit fans deserve something to root for, something good, like at least a, some sort of playoff appearance. That would just be a start. Compete to get there. I don't care. Something something other than what we're doing. There need to be, like, if it's new GMs, new coaches, new ownership, whatever. We need it. We need something. Yeah, and if the top news story of the year is Miggy getting 3,000, that was huge in April. Yeah, that was <laughs> huge the rest of the happened. season. By the way, if, if you hear little gusts were and birds chirping, we are in an outdoor podcast for the first time this year because it's actually nice in Michigan for a change after literally the one of the coldest and cloudiest Aprils on record. All right, for my podium, um, I'm going to go kind of a positive note here. Um, and and I really, I'm just going to pick this up directly. I'm going to read it from, I might have been from The Athletic, actually. And um, then I'll comment on a little bit about so, in the last year, ESPN broadcaster Dick Vitale has continued to try to work through a melanoma diagnosis, multiple surgeries, a lymphoma diagnosis, weeks without speaking, and six months of chemotherapy. ESPN, as much as I hate them, and you know that I hate them, uh, the one human decency thing they do has to do with an award at the ESPYs. But ESPN just announced that Dickie V, now cancer-free, will receive the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance at the ESPYs. This is an award that, you know, Jimmy V, you know, or something similar, I don't know if it's the exact same award, but that Jimmy V got, that Stuart Scott got, that lots of guys like that have gotten. Um, You know, before Valvano, in his iconic speech, he was actually introduced by Dick Vitale. Um, receiving this year's Jimmy V Award nearly 30 years later is Dick Vitale. I think that that's something finally ESPN got right. Shows that they have some human decency and humanity. Love or hate Dickie V, he's very polarizing, right? Like, I, I, I kind of, I've got, I guess I've grown to appreciate him more in my old age. He does stand for college basketball and has for a really, really long time. Um, his shtick can get obnoxious. He's kind of, you know, dookie V and whatever else. But bottom line is, the man has a heart. I mean, what he does for pediatric cancer every year in the face of his own things. Um, you know, he's got kind of the funny story of his career with U of D and the Detroit Pistons and then how he got into broadcasting. Um, like him, love him, hate him, can't stand him, could live without him, whatever. He's deserving of this award. Shout out to you, Dickie V, for all you do for humanity you deserve this award. All right, now we're going to go to a more sour note in basketball with our tee-up. I saw this story last week, and I just, I was shocked, kind of. You hear about this from, you know, maybe men's coaches. Sometimes you hear this men's coaches and women's basketball. Izzy's on the prowl. She might bark. Um, So this was... Uh, headline in the Athletic Pulse, which is again, if you're not a subscriber to the Athletic, do yourself a favor, do it. Stop looking at ESPN every day. Spend a couple bucks and get the Athletic. 
basketball legend accused of abusive behavior. We are teeing you up Cynthia Cooper Dyke, who was one of the first stars of the um, of the WNBA. She won an Olympic gold medal, two national titles, four WNBA titles as a player. As a coach, though, according to her players and why she's getting teed up, she put her team through, quote, hell. There's been a lengthy story. I'm not going to get into that. But basically, here's the allegations. Alleged overt sexual language directed at both players and staffers, including telling one player who had a previously known mental health diagnosis, and you know my stance on that. I talked about it last week, I believe, that the player wasn't depressed. She just, quote, needs some dick. Later, Cooper Dyke called the player a, quote, sorry-ass virgin. Could you imagine talking to somebody like that in the office place? (laughs) Can you imagine if a man said that? I mean, come on, why is this getting buried? Um, There were also multiple alleged instances of calling players, quote, retarded, including this anecdote. Quote, in one instance, according to three players, Cooper Dyke beat her chest and changed her voice to mimic a person with special needs and screamed, look at these effing retards, except for she didn't say effing. I'm coaching. Finally, her alleged emotional abuse drove multiple players from her teams and even from the sport altogether. One person at one of her programs said, I was a mess and not a day went by that I didn't think about taking my life. And he even had an idea to do it at the coach's house so she could understand what a devastating impact she had on me. Again, WTF is wrong with people. You want to characterize sometimes guys in the way men maybe treat women or treat other men and the macho, whatever. This is woman on woman. If you're not disgusted and appalled by this, you don't have a pulse. If you're not disgusted and appalled by some of what's going on in America these days with the outcry over certain things that are political in nature, maybe, I guess, but in my mind are biblical in nature, you don't, I mean, don't even talk to me. Don't at me. Don't try to make an argument. If you're going to defend any of these people in any of these instances, you're part of the problem. And I say, tee up you, tee up this coach, tee up everybody involved. All right, Ryan, get us into around the world because we have five spots again this week. Yeah, uh, first spot, uh, we're going to go Big Ten football jobs ranked. Um, This is uh, kind of a fun little top to do in the offseason here. Um, Kind of going to go from what we view as the worst, and we're going to go off of this um, Big Ten. It's from Athlon from Sports. Athlon, okay. mm-hmm. Yep, sent by Chris, who's always great about providing us some topical yep, ideas. Thanks, so I'm going to give you Athlon's um, ranking, and then Ryan, you give me your thoughts okay. uh, on who should be in the spot, or if you agree with it, and then I'll do the same. Yeah. So they have number 14, and this is coaching job rankings, and I presume probably based off of it doesn't say, but facilities and recruiting ability, like everything you know comes into picture. 14 Rutgers. I don't agree with that. I have them a little higher. Um, I think, I mean, that's New Jersey's a hotbed for recruiting. They care about football there. I mean, they're, I mean, what are they good at? Volleyball, lacrosse? I, I don't know. They haven't been great at football, but they're not. I mean, under Shiano, the first I mean, time not, in again, now not, not like bad. Basketball's king or anything like that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I had Indiana 14th on my list. Um, I think it looks like they have them 13th. Um, yeah, I think Indiana, because basketball's king, it's a hard place to win, hard to recruit there because they have no history. And at look all. at their big crowds. Their big crowds are, you know, like when they play Ohio State or when they play Michigan and, and even sometimes Michigan State, 
the majority, you could say 51% at oh, least yeah, of the well, fans yeah. are from the other school. I mean, it's more if it's Michigan or if it's Ohio State, right? Like, I would agree with you, Ryan. I would put Indiana at 14. Indiana is pure, primary, foremost, a basketball school, especially if they can kind of start to, you know, keep on this comeback trail. They finally got in the tournament this year. Will they continue that? I think Indiana is a tough job for football. I mean, look, they had one great season, and then they went from great to worst in, in the league. Yeah. So 13, Athlon at Indiana. I would probably put myself put Rutgers here. I don't think it's, I don't think it's the worst job. I do think Indiana is. I mean, Rutgers has been kind of the basement minus when Shiano's been there. Now, for the first time he was there, it was a Big East, and now it's the Big Ten. But um, I think there's potential there. New Jersey's kind of the armpit of America, so I guess I could see that. I still don't think they fit in the Big Ten, to be completely honest. No, it's but, all for media. But yeah, you know. I had I had Northwestern thirteen. Just Northwestern thirteen. Academic school, hard to yeah, hard there. to recruit. A great coach, but, but their facilities are facilities. incredible. Right on Lake Michigan, they're they're just overhauling Ryan Field. You know, they just recently overhauled their basketball arena. So I I get it though. Hopefully. I mean, small base, right? There's only like nine thousand students there too. So I could see that. Um, I'm going to put Rutgers at 13. They have Athlon has Minnesota 12. I don't think I believe that. No, I have Maryland 12. Yeah, I would go with you, Ryan. I would go Maryland. They have Maryland 8. Minnesota, I mean, we'll get to Minnesota in a minute. But Maryland is like, again, they're like Rutgers. They don't fit. Go back to the ACC. Again, that's footprint. I get it. The Delmarva, Washington, D.C. But in today's, I mean, does it really get you that many more eyeballs I just think, you know, the Big Ten is right there with the SEC all the time. And, yes, the SEC's footprint extends now into Texas and even Oklahoma. It's not like you got that many more eyeballs there. I I just think you don't need Rutgers in Maryland to get Big Ten fans in New York. Big Ten fans are all over the world. I don't buy the TV thing. I mean, maybe when they came into the Big Ten, but, you know, we'll get into it maybe a little bit later in, like, the hodgepodge or we've talked about, you know, how we would re- align all the teams you know the top power five schools and where we would put them in their own leagues and whatever yeah i I wouldn't put minnesota 12 i would agree maryland 12 maryland is in my mind might even be i mean i guess they have some history (laughs) maybe boomer sison i mean Frisian. (laughs) i don't really see (laughs) they're they're 12 and they're lucky to be 12 11, Athlon has Illinois. I have Illinois there as well. I would agree with that. Um, you know, I've been there. It is like, talk about you drive through cornfields and all of a sudden there's Champaign-Urbana. There's nothing around it. Not that that's a bad thing, but the facilities, yeah, okay. And the birds are chirping in and chiming in here too with the conversation. Um, and no, it's not piped in like the Masters. I Just, I don't know. There's not enough sexiness to me to Illinois. I don't think it's that great of a job. I think Brett Bielema is going to do a really good job he can there. He do great, yeah. Um, it, but it takes the right kind of guy. They're kind of a once-in-a-while, flash-up, successful type of program. I would keep Illinois there as well. Athlon has 10, Northwestern at 10. Ryan, you had him at 13. I have Rutgers at 10. And, and I would put Northwest. I'd keep Northwestern here at 10. I think, again... Reasons I said, I mean, Fitzgerald, there's longevity there, so that's kind of part of it. They're going to redo Ryan Field, although that's another stadium like Indiana. You know, they Northwestern tries to claim themselves as Chicago's Big Ten team. That Michigan ain't the State. truth. Michigan State has way more fans in Chicago, and really, arguably, most of the Big Ten does. So, 
Um, but I think because of their facilities and where it's located and the prestige of the school academically, I, I it's not a great co- job for a coach in terms of you know being able to have success. But at the same time, you can be Patty Fitz and you know have like a ten and two record for a year, and then go the next year nine. go three and nine, and then go five and seven, and then go six and six, and then go nine and three, and you're a hero, you're right? Because there's not that coach. many expectations. So. You know, and he's an alumnus. He's young. He may stay there forever. Who knows? Not a bad gig for him. Uh, number nine, they have Purdue. Uh, I had Purdue nine as well. Yeah, I mean, bad stadium. I mean, more of a basketball school probably. A choo-choo train for close a... to close to Indy, I guess, for recruiting. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like they they haven't been good really in my life. I mean, Drew Brees, but. Yeah, I mean they've had some great like Drew Brees, Bob Greasy. The good I mean, players. They've had they've some good had players, uh, Rondell Moore. That you know, like they'll flash up. You had the whole story a couple years ago. Um, Tyler Trent. Yeah, Tyler Trent. You know, uh, so there's there's some good there, but again, arguably a basketball school, arguably an engineering, you know, academic school, probably more than anything. I think probably bottom middle of the pack is about where they belong. So I, I, I'm good with them at nine. Maryland at eight. We already disagreed with that. I would put Minnesota at eight. That's what I had as well. Um, Minnesota eight. For me, beautiful stadium. Um, love that they play outdoors in that weather. Um, you know, they've got a good fan base. I think they've got uh, plenty of good stuff going for them. The weather's not the yeah, they greatest, but, you know, many mini which i'll be in next week for work is a it's, it's a, a good, good city good city good location you know good fan base fans turn out um it's not one of those away stadiums where it's totally full of the opposing schools um and they rise up and, and have some success once in a while they never sustained greatness i would say um not in our lifetime anyway but but i think that's a that's a pretty decent job at number eight number seven athlon has iowa i had seven iowa as well yeah you know, boy, that's tough for me. I just can't couldn't rank them higher because I feel like there's other jobs that have, you know, more resources. They're you know closer. You know, Iowa's Iowa, right? I mean, it, I guess it's in the it's in the Midwest, but it's not, you know, like close. Michigan's closer to Ohio or in Indiana, and you know Pennsylvania and the East Coast and stuff like that. And who wants to go live in Iowa? Seriously. Uh, but, um, yeah, that's why I kind of rank them there. I mean, I think it's a good job. I mean, Kinnick's a good stadium, good fan base. Um, good I, tradition, like they're waving yeah. to the children and whatever. But, I mean, I think when you talk big, grand scheme of things, big picture, yeah, I would agree. I mean, I, I'm looking at what's left on the list and thinking, man, maybe it's a little bit better job. But, it's again, it's one of those jobs. Ference has been there forever. It's one of those jobs where – you know, a bad year for them anymore is probably like six and six. It used to be three and nine type of seasons, but you know they've built up some good consistency, a lot of good NFL talent type of thing. But if I'm a coach and I want to go somewhere for a long term, like you know, Ferentz retires in a few years, and I have a couple Big Ten options, about smack dab in the middle is where I would put Iowa as well. Yeah. Yep. Um, they Athlon has Michigan State number six. I don't agree with that. I had Nebraska six. Yep. I and yeah okay you can accuse us of being homers or whatever but I would 100% flip it with Nebraska who they have ranked higher um, I agree Nebraska six I think Nebraska has the fan base they have all the sellouts in a row or at least people buying all the tickets I don't know that the they haven't been to a bowl game in what six years it's been a while I mean I've been there I've been in the stadium 
great facility. They're it in Nebraska. I mean, minus Creighton basketball, I guess. It's the College World Series in Omaha. You know, the swimming, USA Olympic swimming trials in Omaha every four years or whatever. I just, uh, I struggle to put Nebraska any higher than six just because recruiting has gotten exponentially harder for them since they've been in the Big Ten. You know, back in the days of the Big Eight or then the Big 12, and they're recruiting, you know, more head-to-head against Texas and Oklahoma and, and like schools, it's just harder for them, right? Like, they're not, kids don't want to go anymore. They want flash and sizzle and sexy. They want NIL money. They don't want to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, the steak is great. The girls are pretty hot, but, like, what else is there to do? I mean, I if I'm thinking it from a coaching perspective, they're past the time when they can recruit and pull talent and have success based on Tom Osborne's days and the days of the big eight, or, you know, or when it was just them in Oklahoma dominating the college football scene. So I would put Nebraska also at six, not, not Michigan State. Who would you put at five? I put Wisconsin at five. Um, yeah, good job. It's consistent, you know, great fan base. They've been consistent. Yeah, that's what I put in there. And then I put Michigan State at four. I mean, facilities are great, you know, getting a, a new football building and whatnot, you know, pretty successful in the last 15 years. Um, you know, overall pretty successful program, pretty good trajectory right now. You know, can recruit really well, have that NIL, you know, that fan base. You know that that money of a rabid fan base as well, one that's you know dying for for greatness, and you know they come out. It's always you know a good environment, so that's why I kind of put them there. Um, yeah, and I would I would agree with Wisconsin at five. I mean longevity. They're kind of vanilla, but Madison's a great town. I mean it it's is. it's pretty easy to recruit certain position groups there. I mean they've churned out some you know NFL type of guys. They're not sexy. They're not a whole lot of sizzle. There's not a whole lot of flash there, but there's consistency, and you can win at Wisconsin. Um, you've got good resources, maybe not the best. Um, you're the school in the state, um, you know, and in your immediate footprint, what you're competing against Northwestern, Illinois, Iowa, okay, Minnesota. I mean, so you kind of you can see why Wisconsin's kind of dominated the Big Ten West um, year over year for a really long time. Number four, I differ from Ryan. I would actually put Penn State at number four. Um, the stadium's, I can't say the stadium's great because it is literally like pieced together over the years. It's now big. it's huge, it's loud. I've been there, it's, it's incredibly loud. The fan base is passionate. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. Like, yes, it's the game in town. You kind of compete, though, against the Eagles and the Steelers. You got Pitt, who's been rising up lately. I don't know. I think they're they're still kind of riding a little bit on the glory days of Joe Pa. Um, it's, it's really, really good, but I think top three is where great is. I can't admit that I've seen their football facilities, but I've been on campus. I mean, it's, it is really good. It's really close to... Really, I think any of the top four or five is probably pretty interchangeable, depending on who you ask. You could make an argument for most. Um, but I put Penn State at number four, and I actually put uh, Michigan State at number three. I think especially given where they're going with their football building. I mean, Matt Ishbia, one of the richest men in the world, um, donated a lot of money to build the Tom Izzo football building. They've got the Steve, the Clarabelle Smith Academic Center, which is great. I mean, their facilities now are really, really good, and they're going to be 
arguably the best in the Big Ten. Maybe maybe Ohio State will still be one, and Michigan State would be one A. But I think that, like Ryan said, the hunger from the fans, Spartan Stadium is tried and true, but there's just enough changes and cosmetic updates and improvements to it to continue to make it good. I honestly like that it's a 75,000 person stadium and not 110,000 because it feels cozy. It's loud in a big game. Um, and you know what? If you have a down year and it's empty, it's not 50, 60,000 seats empty, right? Like I just, I think Tucker proves that you can recruit to Michigan State and D'Antonio did too in his own way. Um, you know, I think especially where we are today, Michigan State's on a way better trajectory. So let's just say Tuck left for the NFL, which you know, let's hope that he doesn't. Yeah. But let's say he, the way he's got Michigan set up, he's got him in better shape than James Franklin does at Penn State. That's my opinion. That's why I would put Michigan State at number three, even though Athlon has Penn State at three. Yeah. Who do you have at three? I had Penn State at three, okay. so flip those. And then I had Michigan at two. Um, you know, obviously the history's there, you know, History and now they'll tell you we hey we're most recent Big Ten champions even though even though in in this current generation now there are guys that are eighteen to twenty two on their roster have now seen one maybe two Big Ten championships in their lifetime right so a lot of what they do is on the past and the big house and blah 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 there's blah no blah doubt there's a lot I mean of there's a lot of history there's it's it is easy to recruit to because of the tradition of the you know wing helmet and all that kind of stuff and you know the fight song and and blah 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 but at some point, at one point, when do student athletes or coaches trying to go there, wanting to go there, say that's not enough? Like the surface sizzle isn't enough. Like show me what you've done. Show me, you know, like Michigan State, even though they had a little bit of a blip there at the end of D'Antonio, they've had a pretty sustained success over the last twelve to fifteen years. Right. Michigan used to have that, but they haven't had that sustained success in a long time. Let's see them do what they did last year all the time for the next five to seven to eight to ten years, right? Like do it eight out of the next ten years where you're competing for, you know, the CFP or you're getting in the Rose Bowl. It had been that long, and so that's why, I, you know, they certainly aren't number one. Yep. And I think it's a long – there's a big chasm between one and two, which clearly number one on Athlon's list and our list would be Ohio State. Ryan, I'll, I'll let you take the why. Yeah, I mean, national championships, you have – Guys, and going to the NFL, you have the you know the long history of of winning. You know, rabid fan base, the the band, the fight song, the stadium, all that stuff. I mean, they have been at the top of the Big Ten basically every year of my life, aside from like two, really, if you think about it. Um, yeah, just a, a really consistent, steady program, um, and that's that's a big reason why they're number one. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, I, they're basically like an SEC school. Yeah, they're one, one and it's not even close. I mean, you could put them in the SEC and they would be right towards the top of the SEC, in my opinion. So I think that's uh, Ohio State is clearly by far and away the number one. And a lot of the rest are arguable. So let's know what you think. Um, all right, moving to spot number two, our weekly bracket. This week, we're going to go back to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah we did do food. We did cereal. Or we're going to go best candy. So I'm sure that there's lots of opinions on this. It'll be interesting. Ryan and I, so far, out of the three of these that we've done, have two the same and one not. So I, it'll be interesting to see how we shake out here. So first we're going to go to the bars bracket, and we've got number one Snickers against number four Milky Way. 
Yeah, not a big Milky Way fan, so I got to go Snickers, which is one of my favorites. Anyway, hands down, Snickers. I mean, Milky Way's okay. The, my best memory of Milky Way is my pa giving Sparky their, you know, um, collie that used to ride on the back of his truck with him down to the farm every day and work the fields with him. His dog treats were little bite, you know, like the snack size Milky Ways, and he lived 14 years, so. You can argue that chocolate will kill dogs. I don't know. Sparky loved his Milky Ways, but um, don't dislike Milky Ways. But there's, they don't hold a candle to Snickers. Um, and on the opposite there side, number two Butterfinger against number three Three Musketeers. But that's tough. I'll go Three Musketeers. Really, a little bit of an upset there. Um, three Musketeers to me is pretty similar to Milky Way. Uh, like a little different, but. It's not as I'm going Butterfinger, and, and honestly, it's not even close. I mean, it sticks to your teeth, but like Bart Simpson says, better never lay a finger on my Butterfinger. All right, so Ryan, you got Snickers against Three Musketeers. Snickers, taking her, taking her all the way. And I've got Snickers against Butterfinger, and this is a tough one for me because they're probably really two. They're both in my top four, but, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. You get Michigan State and Duke in the same bracket, right? Um, I'm going to go... With a mild upside, and I'm going to go with Butterfinger. Um, big fan of the peanut butter, and uh, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going Butterfinger here. All right, and so they will face the winner of the More Bars bracket, um, which is a mix of things. I started down the comes in twos, but I couldn't think of enough things that come in twos, but maybe you'll see a theme here. Number one seed Reese's Peanut Butter Cups against number four Caddyshack's own favorite, Baby Ruth. Yeah, definitely Reese's Peanut Butter Cups for me. Yeah, it's not. It, I would say it's not even close. Baby Ruth is good. I like Baby Ruth quite yeah, a bit, actually. Bad. Probably better than Three Musketeers and Milky Way, to be honest. But they can't hold a candle to Reese's. And I have not, though, tried the peanut butter on the outside, chocolate on the inside Reese's. I'm wondering if anybody's tried that because that looks, that looks like the bomb. All right, the two seed in that bracket would be Twix. The regular original and yeah. number three seed would be the Clark Bar. You may yeah, have never, never had a Clark, had a Clark, bar. Clark bar, so I gotta get. It's well, kind of like I, a Butterfinger. I like what was it? What Twix? Just, Twix, yeah, I like Twix anyway. So, yeah, Twix is good. Um, Clark Bar, I you don't see those very often. It's it's kind of a quasi Butterfinger. So I'm gonna go a little upset there, and I'm gonna go with a Clark Bar. Show a little bit of my age. All right, so Ryan, we both have Reese's peanut butter cups. You have them facing Twix. Uh, I'll go Twix. Ooh, another upset. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to go with uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. So um, we are, yep, we are locked and loaded there. Um, and we'll get to the to that bracket here in a second in terms of the final four. So next we're going to go to the pieces bracket, as in comes in pieces and you eat a lot of pieces. Captain just sat up because he likes this candy talk and is licking his chops. You got number one seed Peanut M&M's. Against number four seed Skittles. Yeah, peanut M&M's. And notice, I said peanut M&M's and not uh, regular M&M's because they're not even close. I like M&M's. Two seed Starburst against three seed Jolly Ranchers. Three seed Jolly Ranchers. Jolly Ranchers got my voice through an awful lot of AAU basketball games, coaching. I had a whole bag of them. Coach Ray... Alejandro Black, he would dig into there and grab some as well. Uh, Help me to keep the the whistle wetted so I could yell at the refs and yell at the boys. Coach the boys, not yell at the boys. All right, so, Ryan, you have peanut M&Ms against Jolly peanut Ranchers. M&Ms. And I have 
peanut M&Ms against um, Starburst, and I am going to go with peanut M&Ms as well, although I do love me a Starburst. All right, moving down to the minty bracket. You've got number one Junior Mints against number four Andy's Candies. Junior Mints. A Chi-Chi's or now Olive Garden special. You can't argue with Junior Mints. Junior Mints are phenomenal. Um, 100%. All right. Two-seed Peppermint Patties against three-seed Peppermint Puffs. And you know, oh. if you don't know what Peppermint Puffs are... Think of like, you know, the candies that you used to get at Pizza Hut. They're like the peppermints, the red and white striped ones, kind of like a candy cane. But these are like a chewable version Yeah, I like of that. those. I'll go with that. Peppermint puffs for Ryan. We got some in the closet um, or in the pantry. I'm going to go peppermint patty. Uh, another candy I love, the dark chocolate, the cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, and so we both have Junior I'm Mints, Ryan against, mint. yep, Junior Mints, and I've got Junior Mints against Peppermint Patty. They're actually close in flavor, but I, yeah. how can you not go with Junior Mints? Um, all right, to the final four. Ryan, I believe you had three Musketeers, right? No. I, you had Snickers. Snickers. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. You had Snickers going up against Twix. Uh, Twix. So Ryan has Twix. And I have Snickers going against peanut, or no, I have Butterfinger, sorry, against Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I'm going Butterfinger. Um, and then we both had peanut M&Ms, and, you have, and we both have them um, going against Junior Mints. Uh, I'll go Junior Mints. A little upset in my mind. Yeah, I, I think so too. And and you know what? I'm gonna agree with you. I'm going Junior Mints as well. So yeah, I'm going Twix. Twix wins it all. Ryan's going Twix. That's a little. That surprises me to be honest. So, well, I, you didn't say like Kit Kat or anything. Oh like yeah, like I did. That. I did forget some. And and I do these on my own. So this you get what you get. Um, and I'm gonna go with. Uh, so you said Twix is the winner, and I got Butterfinger against Junior Mints. I'm gonna go with Junior Mints. I gotta go with Junior Mints. Hey, baby, I could be fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Enough of that silliness. We got more, plenty more to talk about from music to movies to sports related stuff to more food to beer to whatever. If you got one you want to hear us debate, let's go for it. But we are moving on to Mount Rushmore, which this week Ryan is. Best. We're continuing our spot one. We're going to do best college football jobs in general. Okay. Um, so Mount Rushmore of college football jobs yeah i'm going first alabama history yeah i mean you, you can't, can't how can you argue against Alabama? Yeah, it has to be well, let's let's do this instead of us each picking four let's just pick a four and agree on it okay i, I bama yeah for sure i also i mean are we gonna should, should we do the big 10 or no sincerity uh, yeah i think it's just I the think best Ohio four state's jobs. one of the best four honestly but it's the best in the Big Ten, so... Yeah, I think so. I mean... Unless you think, like, a, the SEC deserves two in, like, an LSU or a Florida. Yeah. I don't think Florida. No, no, I don't no, really think Georgia. LSU. No. no, I think Alabama and Ohio State are two good, solid picks for... I mean, both have history. Both have recency. Both have a lot of success. Both churn out NFL players. Um, okay. What legendary what about, coaches. What about Texas. Yes, I would I would agree with Texas. Resources, now, recency of success, I mean, no, but, joke, but. It, football is king in Texas. I mean, I've seen it firsthand. I you know got a got the privilege of filming some stuff in their stadium, um, you know, with Mac Brown when he was retired, 
um, before he went back to North Carolina. And you just, you can sense like football is absolute king at the University of Texas. And it's hard to, I mean, the billionaire resources that you have, like, why wouldn't, look, they've gone through a lot of coaches because there's, it's high turnover because it's high pressure. But I mean, if you're a coach, even if you get fired from there after three or four years, you're going to be set for life. So, yeah, yeah I would definitely put Texas in the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Um, the, the, I think the last one's debatable. I had three that could go. It could go up for three. I'm going to name it to you, and we'll, we'll debate them. Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Florida State. I would throw Oklahoma out of there. Um, you know, good success, good history, but to me, like. I think Notre Dame. Yeah, I you know I thought or about maybe this. USC. Yeah, but nobody in California really cares. cares about I mean, so you don't have the fan base aspect either because I think that's part of it. Like Florida State obviously has recently been dog meat. Um, they had a lot of history, but let's face it, actually before Bobby Bowden they were garbage, yeah. and then they were great under him. And who knows? I mean, pre nil, who know who knows what was going on? I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. I mean, I think it's super hard to argue against Notre Dame. One of the winningest programs of all time. The history, you know, the movie Rudy, you got the gold helmets, you got the gold dome, you have touchdown Jesus. Um, You know, it's a great place to watch a game. South Bend, Indiana is nothing sexy or fancy, but it's got good proximity to, like, Chicago. It's good proximity to key places in Michigan. Um, You know, it's pretty easy to get to. Just... You, you go there and you feel the history. Like, it just drew the grotto, the, you know, the the chapel that they have there, or the cathedral, I mean. It's just, like, you feel it when you go to that campus. Like, I don't – I've never been to Oklahoma, but I guarantee you, you don't – minus Sooner fans, you don't feel it like you do when you go to Notre Dame. And that's talking from a Michigan State guy. Now, Notre Dame's done a lot for Michigan State to get them into the Big Ten, and to, we have the same thing in common that we hate Michigan. Um, but I – you can at me all you want. There is no way that Oklahoma on that list or Florida State, both are great jobs, but they're not. They're not top four. I think that's a that's a clean, crystal, you know, crisp, clean top four. I mean, somebody may throw in Miami. No, Miami's a great city, but that that campus is so far removed from the stadium, and the school is like is, is small. It's like Northwestern, um, Florida. No, that's more recency. Um, any of the West Coast schools, no. Oregon's more recency. Because before Phil Knight started dumping cash in there, they were a joke. Um, nobody cares. UCLA plays in the Rose Bowl, and they, you know, they tarp up two-thirds of the seats in there for a regular home game. USC, maybe. But who else in the Pac-12? Nobody. In the SEC, maybe Georgia. Maybe. But that's a long shot. You know, in the Big Ten, I mean, maybe Michigan, but that's more based on history, not just not the combination of history and recency. So I think I don't think you can argue against those four. No, no, I agree. I, I think, think so. it's bar none. All right, spot four, hodgepodge. Spot four is hodgepodge. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, NIL just chance to crap. kind of spout off about onesie twosie things. We can just kind of go back and forth like, here, Ryan. What's the first thing on your mind, hodgepodge? Yeah, the wise? NIL thing. The NCAA is trying to make those guidelines for it. I'm I'm glad they're doing it, but I think it's too late. They're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah, not great. I'm trying to think, honestly. Um, nothing else really is coming to mind right now. I mean, just a lot. I mean, NBA playoffs, is we're getting deep into those. Um, I have a couple for you. How about PGA the Kentucky Tour Derby? Crap? 
Yeah, that was awesome. Long shot, rich strike. If you have not, That's if you don't watch the dirt, first of all, like you, we talked, we put in the sprint last week, and I said Indy 500 in terms of going to, but like the Derby, I mean, I'll watch it every year, no matter what. I watch it just because it's exciting, um, and it's fun to see who might get a shot at the Triple Crown. If you didn't watch it, or you only kind of watched it, or you didn't really pay attention to it after the fact besides the rich strike at 80-1 to 1 won it, by the way, paid like $321,000 to a dollar bet in the Superfecta, which means you got one, two, three, four places right. I mean, and some people did that. Like, some people hit big. Um, but do yourself a favor. You can really find it on TikTok, but I'm sure you can find it on YouTube or anywhere. And go find an overhead view of most of that race. So, if you don't know the history or the story, Rich Strike was a late entry in. It took a scratch to get him in. That's why he was number 21 leaving from gate 20. You can only have 20 horses in that race. So he was a late scratch in day before. His jockey had never won a metered stakes, which basically means he never won anything for shit. Like, he never won anything that was worth much money. The horse had, like, a career winnings of a hundred and some thousand. The trainer or the owner or one of the two, like, lost 23 horses recently as, like, four or five years ago in a fire. He was getting out of racing. He bought this horse for $30,000, and the horse won $1.9 million, I think, in the win. And literally, watch it from above. The way that that jockey maneuvered the horse, the way that that horse sprinted, and by the way, there's also a good view of him more from close frontal, and you can see him. It looks like almost in from above that the jockey like pulls his head to get him to turn. That's not how they turn the horse, though. Like he's The horse is looking at people as he's blowing by him as if to say, ha-ha, screw you, man. Like, I mean, if you want to be even more amazed with the performance of this horse and understand that he was probably way way undervalued it was you know in retrospect it's always easy to say that but like he won no 80 to 1 odds when you watch how he ran that race it was phenomenal i still i get it comes up on my tiktok feed still like two or three times a day at night when i'm looking at tiktoks and it still gives me chills it's just amazing what he did so i mean i think the the derby was phenomenal yeah how about in the world of ridiculous, Tom Brady signs a 10-year, $375 million contract to broadcast to be, like, probably I, presumably the lead color analyst yep, for Fox. To, to compete with, like, Tony Romo. I mean, he's probably done some of the work in, in pockets, but he's not not been on the air regularly. Um, the, he's already filthy rich. His wife is filthy rich. Together, they're filthy rich. Is he really... As an unproven commodity, worth thirty-seven and a half million dollars a year to commentate football games. I mean, he better be able to predict wrong, plays ahead. Like majored in the wrong thing. No kidding. Like I, I don't know. That's ludicrous to me. That's like I don't even. I mean, everything's out of whack these days. But I guess inflation-wise, that's probably worth about three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars. Thank you, Joe Biden. So, whatever. Um. Yeah, I also had in the list Warriors Grizzlies series. I think you know I'm you know that I'm not that big of a NBA fan. Although in that series we got three Michigan State guys, um, pretty chippy series. I would Very say chippy. you know Draymond gets ejected Draymond, in game one. Somebody's been ejected. Dylan, I think every Dylan game. Brooks and then the jaw thing. Yeah, they're kind of taking each other out. Like I don't know some of the some of the decency and in respect and sportsmanship has kind of gone out the window. I think the Warriors are up 3-1, right? Yep. Um, and they're looking, tonight. they're looking very much the part of a potential NBA champion yeah, for sure. Yeah, good. 
Um, that's been interesting. Yeah, the NIL with you know the NCAA trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, that, that yeah. ship has sailed. It's way too late. Should have thought about this a long time ago. I get putting some parameters around it, but how are you going to enforce it? You can't even enforce Kansas and Arizona and LSU and Louisville basketball properly over FBI wiretaps. How are you going to how are you going to now go backwards and enforce something that you agreed to stay out of and make legal just a year ago? I I don't get it. And in the meantime, I don't know. I was talking about this with my buddy Dan. I don't know because of the booster impact on football for so long and the wink, wink, not cheating, but cheating that's been going on in football for so long. I don't know that football is going to be as impacted, to be honest with you, but basketball is definitely going to be impacted, and it's sad because it's ruining college basketball. Um, It's a bidding war like those guys from Miami and everything else. I mean, football, I don't see that happening as much. Again, that's already been kind of happening. Um yeah, it's, it's sad to me because it's it's the end of an era for basketball. And actually, I wanted to bring this up. Uh, Chris sent to me. I thought this was an awesome, call it a meme, call it a just a graphic or whatever. But today, it's Mike Leach, uh, I believe on Twitter, says, That horse winning the Kentucky Derby today is a good example of why an expanded college football playoff is needed. That horse hadn't won all, had, hadn't won all the races leading up, but it got its chance, and that's what happened. So... You know, switching gears quickly in the college sphere, I think he's exactly right. And I'm hoping with today's news that it's kind of official now that the conference, NCAA and conferences have totally loosened their restrictions for conference championship games, um, which means that divisions, and divisions haven't been in the Big 12, but like they're just, they're taking away some of those other aspects to make it easier to truly get the two best teams. I think the Big Ten will benefit big time if they redivision themselves right, or just go to or just go no go straight up no divisions. I think that's what they're going for. I, I, you know, I could see like there's a good article again. Thank you, Athletic, um, on the Athletic about how the Big Ten um, scheduling could change as early as 2023 with or without divisions. And there's some there's some interesting takes if you go look at it. Um, they break down the Big Ten East and the Big Ten West, which has been around. There was leaders and legends before that, but East and West since 2014, how teams have been in crossover, um, you know, win-loss and all that good stuff. And then they get into some potential revamped divisions. They look at one they called the inner and the outer. They did north-south. They did American and national. So just real quickly, inner, uh, inner-outer would be inner. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Northwestern, Illinois, Purdue, Indiana maintain a lot of rivalries in there. Um, outer Wisconsin, Iowa, Penn State, Nebraska, Minnesota, Maryland, Rutgers. Um, that's not bad. A little bit more balance, I think. Um, the North, South, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Iowa, Nebraska, Northwestern, South, Ohio State, Penn State, Indiana, Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, Illinois. That feels about like the current East-West. And I'll remind you, too, back in 2014 when they switched from Leaders Legends, Michigan State and Purdue were the last two teams at um, stake in the argument. Um, Michigan State, Michigan, of course, would have had a protected crossover rivalry via crossover. But it was a debate on whether Purdue to go to the east and Michigan State to the west for competitive balance. And at the time, Penn State was heavily sanctioned. Michigan was dog meat. And it was just Ohio State. And and Michigan State was was able to kind of compete with Ohio State um, and did there for a few years after that. And so that's kind of the history and the tipping point of why Michigan State ended up in the east and not the west. 
Um, by the way, the West has never won since it's been East-West in the Big Ten Championship game. Um, so that North-South eh, kind of feels a little close to that. Maybe not as much, but it's not perfect because I think you could argue Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin are by far your best. Then maybe Iowa. There's still some imbalance that way. American National is interesting. Ohio State, Michigan, Nebraska, Purdue, Indiana, Illinois, Rutgers. It's pretty balanced. Yeah, pretty good. Um, national being Penn State, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Maryland. I still think you've got to take Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, Wisconsin, and split those six up. I realize you have to put a line in the sand and you have to start somewhere, um, and it's not always going to be balanced. But if you look at the longevity of success over the last, you know, let's just say the last 12 to 15 years, and you base it on that, because that's a pretty good indication like true history i'm sorry michigan is not a you know you'd be like number two or number three in your division based on on current history true history sure you'd be up up at the top but um it's not the big eight little two i mean big two little eight days anymore so i personally think i don't know what you think ryan but i think you take those six and you split them yeah i think it'd be really that'd be really good if they end up doing that you know balance it out and you know end up getting that conference championship where it's a team that's 11 and 1 and 10 and 2 or you know 12 and 0 11 and 1 whatever um instead of you know ohio state you know northwestern you know they deserved it when they've gone but like a 9 and 3 or 8 and 4 northwestern team that has no chance of doing anything i mean if they win they go to the rose bowl but otherwise they're going to go to the outback bowl at best so mm-hmm. yeah and also in the article if you find it you know they have like if they went divisionless and they've kind of printed this before and i've seen this before i'm not going to go through it all but potential permanent big 10 rivals they give everybody three rivals back when the big 10 was 11 teams so before nebraska Rutgers, and maryland everybody had two and then you cycled through the other ones uh like on an eight-year basis or something like that like protect three so for michigan state you know that example would be you protect michigan you protect penn state and then northwestern has kind of been an adopted rival i guess because michigan state like ryan said is kind of chicago's big 10 team um i think that way with three you protect three you're 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 protecting the the most key rivalries that way i personally think no divisions and go that way is going to get you the best two teams period i think the big 12 does it right um and i think that's how it should be done because you see imbalance and maybe not as much in the sec but you definitely see imbalance like in the acc you know it's it's just hard to balance it because Things ebb and flow so much, and when it again, nobody in the Big Ten West is one. Like it's time to make a change. Yeah. Um. So that was one of the other hodgepodge. Let's see if I had anything else. I think that was pretty much it um, for me from a hodgepodge perspective. Yeah, I got nothing else. Let's do golf. All right, let's move to spot number five. Golf. We got a couple different things to cover. Um. Let's first quick talk. We played Diamond Springs. Ryan took me there for my birthday. I don't think we've no, we haven't reviewed that course yet. In Hamilton, Michigan, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Uh, If you're not familiar with a French cut fairway, it basically means hitting fairways is a lot easier, and it's not super. They're not super tight, so they're a little bit maintenance-wise. It's really a lot easier on the golf course. The tee boxes and the fairways are the same length. They're short, but but they're wider, so you basically take away your first cut, and it's pretty much fairway, and then rough. And the fairways got a little bit more give to it, if you will. You're not hitting off of super tight lies. So if you're a more average golfer, I think that's fair. Um, I like the variety of that layout. It's not an overly yeah, a long fun, course. Fun course. You know, some some really kind of interesting holes. There's a 
interesting, like hard dog leg right, almost shaped like a boomerang um, par four that's drivable. It happened to be in the wind, so it's we always have the automatic. Um, you get one free swing at the green to drive it. It's like 250 as the crow flies to the green. And if you play the long way around, it's like 295. But, you know, just some interesting visual holes like that. There's some ravines. There's tight lies. There's not a whole lot of not water. Much water no. No, not much water. Tricky sand. Um, course is always in good shape. The greens are, are interesting. Not overly huge, not overly small. They were rolling pretty well for yeah, they were early season. Um, I kicked the not out of Ryan, shot a 39 in the front, and then kind of limped home as I get my endurance up with a 47 in the back, folks. but still beat him by 10. So you know, whatever he can say it was because it was for my birthday, but clearly the old the old one's got something left in the tank and can take on the take out the young whippersnapper. But um, I definitely recommend it. I'd give the course probably like a you know, I mean, there's a lot of great courses around here, but I'd give it a like a three seven five out of yeah. out of five. Yeah. I would say you know. Definitely one that you'd. We don't. I don't necessarily play it every year. Ryan plays it more often, but it's besides, not overly expensive either. Yeah, besides being off the beaten path, it's it's worth it's worth a play. So if you're in West Michigan and you haven't played there, go play there. If you're not from West Michigan and you want a fun little track, just to say that you've played it and to kind of try something a little different than your standard course setup, give Ryan and I a shout. We will take you there. We'll not pay for you, but we'll take you there. All right question for you this week ryan as you know i like to throw some wacky golf questions at you you can play with only you let's put it this way the rest of the summer so from today forward you can only play every round with three clubs regardless of where you're going it's got to be the these are your three clubs that you pick for the year put the rest on ice for the summer what are your three clubs you're going with does a putter count as well yeah well, it's a club, isn't it? I'd go like a three, four hybrid, seven iron, and pitching wedge. Because you can putt with a with any of it, really, I guess. But you could putt with a hybrid, and then you know that's your driver, basically. Seven iron for you know decent distance, and then pitching wedge, you know, around the green. So. Yeah, well, if, considering that I can't hit my driver anymore, um, I definitely would not bring my driver. No. I think I would go instead of a hybrid just to give me something with an option to hit a little bit longer when I need to. I think I'd go three wood because I can choke down and make that kind of like a hybrid and I hit my three wood pretty well. You know, the one time I caught it completely flush at Harbor Town last year, I had a 270. That's a an anomaly, but I can, you know, I can hit it to 10, yeah. 15 pretty regularly. So I think I'd go three wood and I would go seven iron highly versatile club you can chip with it you can do a lot of things with it and i think i would go i think i'd go with boy because if i'm not going to go with a putter i need something that's got a good you know edge on the bottom to putt with like putt the you know use the hit the equator of the ball with the leading edge of the club i can i've done it before with a lob wedge but i wouldn't pick that as one of my three Hmm. I think I'd go pitching wedge as well if I had to pick three. So I'd go three wood, seven iron, pitching wedge. And what'd you say? Three, four hybrid? Yeah, four, hi- four, three hybrid, and then seven iron, pitching wedge. Yeah. I think I'd probably opt to putt 
maybe even with my three wood, to be honest with you. I'd have to figure out what rolls best. I'd spend a lot of time on the practice green the first time I go out to figure that out. Um, all right, so that's that. Ryan, how how did we do last week at TPC Potomac and the very yeah. rainy round? Jason Day fell from, what, minus 10 to, like, went nine yeah, over in one terrible. day? Uh, well, I picked Rory, who was top five, and then Finau was okay. My combined was 46. Then you had Connors and Answer, and your combined was 77. So I did a little better than you did. Um, but, yeah, this week, 18-T Byron Nelson. Decent field. Um, last warm-up before the PGA. Yep, last one, Brooks actually just withdrew. Um, I don't know if that's injury. Oh, he was somebody's injury. athletic, I think, picked him as a favorite. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's injury. He's, maybe he's just getting ready for um, for Southern Hills. Who knows? But I'm going my boy Sam Burns, Pig Nose, and Maverick McNeely. Those are my two guys this week. I think those are good picks. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Scotty, who's the favorite. Oh, the shocking. Yeah. Um, Not like he's the number one in the world or anything. And I'm gonna go with Will Zaltoris okay. as my two. Fair. And then next week, well, we can pick some foursomes Four, for yeah, next, next week. week we'll yeah, we got a major first well, major of the year. Looking forward to that. Major of the year. Oh, the second. Masters. Oh, how could I forget that? <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting old. Forgot. Turned 49 last week. Um, yeah, and it still throws me off to have the PG. I know it's been in May now for four or five years, it but it odd. used to be August, and so that still kind of throws me off a little bit. I'm used to it being the last one, so that's why I don't have my bearings. But um, yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun one. Southern Hills. It's been a while. I think the last time they had a major was a U.S. Open. Maybe Tiger won. I think uh, last time something was there. I'm pretty sure. Maybe they've had a PGA then. Retief Goosen, I remember won in a playoff, uh, in a Monday playoff, 18 hole playoff in the U.S. Open there. Um, that should be fun. Hopefully no tornadoes since that is smack dab in, what, Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah. All right, so that that's out the around the world for the week. Um, let's go to our sprint. Ryan, number one spot, bigger upset, Rich Strike over the field or UMBC, UMBC over Virginia? UMBC. See, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, they're both, like, show something can happen. I think Rich Strike's a pretty damn good horse, obviously, and his his jockey was, was good. I, I'm going to go with Rich Strike, though. 80 to 1, second longest odds ever to win in 148 pretty Kentucky Derby. Pretty crazy. Um, sprint number two. At how many games below 500 do you give up on the Tigers? They're currently 9 and 21. Well, I mean, if they keep playing like they are. I mean, and last place in their division, They're going to have right? no chance. So, I mean... I'd say by the end of this month, you know, mid-June, if they're not, you know, back, you know, inching their way closer to 500, they're screwed. Yeah, so, so. they're 12 games below they're worse 500 than they were now. last year at this time, and last year they weren't great. So. If they're not better than this 12 game, like if they have, if they aren't better they're than. They're close to 500 within five to six, five to seven games of 500 by the All-Star break, they have a fighting chance. Like but, the A's back in Moneyball right, days. Right, but otherwise, um, yeah, I just, I mean, you've got so many guys in that lineup are batting like one something. Yeah, like, terrible. That's ridiculous. Awful. They've had a lot of injuries and stuff, but for me, I think so. What are we at? May 11th, so you've got 20, you've got 50 days until end of June, and presumably they'll play probably you know, say, 48 games in those 50 and days. And they're something down 3 like nothing in the bottom of the second already right now. I think if they're not within. 10 games of 500, so they only have to make up two games then that way based on how they stand today. 
if they're not two games better than they are today to 500, so 10 games below 500 at basically the All-Star break, July 1st, then I think you you sell them out. Now, it depends, too, on how the Central does, obviously. If the Central's dog meat you know, and, and 10 games is, like, really three games out, that's a different story. But I I think to make it worthwhile, to make it worth watching, um, they got to be 10 games or less by July 1st. Yeah. Um, we didn't talk about this. I did mention it. You mentioned it kind of briefly. Um, we didn't talk about it, but sprint number three, right decision by the PGA to not allow play in rival leagues. Yeah, I love it. I screw that. Screw that thing. Yeah, I think it, because it's a membership thing. Like you know, um, I I don't know what even to liken it to. I mean, I guess it'd be like if there was a rival, like the ABA and the NBA, or if they're you know, NFL, USFL, that's probably the closest, most recent thing back in the 80s. I mean, it exists now, but it's not exactly the same. Like, can't play in both. Um, can't have your cake and eat it, too. So if you want to chase the money and you want to chase whatever else the Saudi league is throwing at you, see ya. Don't it, let the door hit you with the good Lord split you, I, I say. So it's going to be interesting to see who walks then, who crosses that picket line and goes to the new league. Because once you go... I don't think they're going to be walking you back with open arms. So, yeah. And last spot. Will you go see Top Gun Maverick the weekend it comes out? I don't know about the weekend it comes out, but definitely would love to see it. I mean, we'll be on vacation. You got a wedding to go to. We got to play, you know, my hole in one weekend, you know, commemorate that. The falls at Barber Creek. I would agree. It'd probably be kind of tough to see it. I would see it if it wasn't a time that was so busy. Um, I think that movie looks sick as hell, to be honest with you. Yeah, that's true. All right, that it, that wraps up the sprint. Ryan, uh, give us a little social media rundown. Uh, yep, uh, give us um, some topics, you know, some brackets for the spot two, you know, Mount Rushmore's, any other spot, anything else you want us to debate here, you know, anything good. Um, yeah, appreciate you guys. Hit that like button if you're on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever. Leave a comment if you want. Tell us we suck. Tell us we're good. We don't care. Whatever you want. We take criticism well. We like it. Um, but appreciate you guys. Yep, agree with that. Want to give another shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Team Anders Realtors. If you have West Michigan Realty Needs, Jim, Donna, Tim, they will hook you up. They've hooked up a lot of our friends, family. They are the best and on top of being just fantastic people, they're great realtors. TeamAnders.com. In the meantime, as Cosmo Kramer once said, who's going to turn down a junior mint? It's chocolate, it's peppermint, it's delicious.